Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of Talking Schmodown. I am your host, Josh the Merc Rainer, here for episode 64 of Talking Schmodown. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. Just like every week, we're going to talk some Schmodown. And uh, this was a damn good week. We had Friday Night Titans episode number three come out. We had the movement versus the Harris Brothers with Sam Levine finally coming back after four years to take on the Barbarian in a number one contender match. Great stuff here, man. You know, we have a new team being formed, an old team reforming, the return of a megastar. Like, it's it's insane. Oh, so much good stuff happened on this episode. Uh, and I am excited to dive into it. I hope you are uh, all too. So let's get ready to talk schmodown all right so this episode starts off we got frank janish okay you know occasionally we see him uh you know outside of the rundown doing interviews and whatnot for the schmodown and he's looking for the barbarian uh and for gucci to do uh, an interview and he finds gucci he finds barbarian and they're trying to sell a sock to some random guy and i'm like what the fuck is going on right now um, you know, it's like, I, I know Gucci is kind of a, a strange guy. He does a lot of weird stuff. You know that. Um, if you've ever, if you ever kind of watched the showdown with anything that he's done, it's always, uh, it's always interesting. I'll say that much. And, uh, as, f see, the problem though that I had is that this was meant as the cold open to the show. And it just, it, it felt weird and it felt random and i know that that's kind of what you get when it comes to gucci but like i don't know compared to the last couple of weeks this one just didn't quite hit for me you know the the interview style for the cold open just didn't quite do it for me um gucci's hit or miss when it comes to me i know that a lot of people just you know think he's complete gold sure okay sometimes he is but uh for me I don't know. I, I wasn't a big fan of this cold open. Uh, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. As always, head on to Twitter uh, at MovieBlogMerker. If you're watching live, be sure to uh, comment. I'll see that. I'll address it. We'll talk about it right here. Uh, then we had Ken and Mark Ellis on the desk. Uh, I love Ken, um, but I found it weird that he also had to do the, like, the ring announcing um, as well. Because Christian was there. I don't know what was happening off stage, um, but we know he was there because he announced the winner at the end. Uh, but it just, it was weird that he did it from the desk. Like, that's not something that they've done at all through, uh, over the past three uh, episodes of, of stuff that they've done the, you know, the, the opening pay per view and then the two episodes of Friday Night Titans. Uh, it's always been either Christian or Ken out by the curtain doing a you know an actual announcing uh job so it was weird to kind of see it happen from the desk uh but you know you do what you gotta do i'm assuming something assuming christian couldn't do it or you know something was happening off state uh, off screen that uh, that we don't know about and uh, it's just like i said this is a little odd a little, little little strange to see uh, but as they're talking about the main event, because at this point, we don't know what's happening. We don't know what the what the opening match is going to be. And I love that. That's one of the things I absolutely love about Friday Night Titans is that we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we, we typically we, we 
throughout these three episodes, we've known what the main event at least is. Um, but sometimes we don't know what that what that opening match is going to be, what that undercard is going to be until we get there. And I love that. I love the mystery of that. Last year, you know, I liked having that, you know, month worth of schedule because of the faction stuff. And, and I was involved in a, in a fantasy draft and stuff like that. So that was nice. But, you know, when you, when you talk about Christian wants this to be more like a show, you know, like wrestling and things like that. They don't tell you the full card, you know, the week before or anything like that. You know, maybe a few days before you might get a couple of matches uh, that you'll learn about. But most of the time you'll get in there and you'll you'll be surprised just like everybody else. And so that's what I love about it. It's just that you never know what's going to happen. It makes it way more interesting. And so, like I said, as, as Ken and Ellis are talking about the main event, out come the fan favorites. We've got Adam Witt, we've got JTE, and we've got T-H-E, the Paul Preston. By the way, I absolutely love that gimmick for Paul Preston. He's such a phenomenal player, and he can pull this off so well. And I think I think the two of them are actually going to be a damn good team uh, together, as we saw here. And they are now known as The Movement, which... Uh, Interesting name, sure. Okay, I can, you know, I dig it. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have went with it, but that's cool. You know, they're they're rolling with the, with the with what they what they want, and they challenged the Harris brothers. This was out of left field for me. I was not expecting the Harris brothers. Uh, you know, we knew that Lon was not coming back to swag. So, therefore, he was no longer teaming with Paul Oyama. <clears throat> so, we knew that. Honestly, I just assumed he was just going to be a rogue singles player, just kind of popping in and out, doing his delinquent thing. Not for a second did I think I'd see his brother come back. He, his brother has, he didn't play at all last year, I believe. I think he, I think the last time he played was 2020. Um, and they haven't been a thing, they haven't played as a team since I think 2019, since before the digital era. And uh, so it, it was a big shocker. And so I thought that was that was a great surprise. I'm glad that they didn't uh, announce it prior to the episode or anything like that. I'm so happy. And I'm also really happy that nobody who got to see it, like none of the patrons who got to see it early, spoiled it, you know, because <clears throat> that could happen. You know, sometimes people let things slip, whether it be on purpose or not. You know, it happens. But thankfully, I, you know, it, at least for me, I had no idea that was coming. So that was a great surprise for me to see the Harris brothers come out. And uh, Lon is no longer the delinquent. Um, he has no memory of his past gimmicks, which I thought was fascinating. Um, because Lon has now kind of become... Like, like the for wrestling fans out there, you'll understand this reference. Uh, for the rest of you, you may not, but he's kind of like the Mick Foley of the Schmodown. And uh, for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, Mick Foley was a wrestler in WWE, WWF before it was that, and uh, he had multiple gimmicks. You know, he was Cactus Jack, he was Mankind, he was uh, 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 Dude Love. 
And then he eventually just kind of was himself. He was just Mick Foley for kind of like the rest of his time after all of that. And Lon has kind of become that, you know, <laughs> he's had these multiple gimmicks, very different gimmicks um, that are like separate from one another. And what I kind of want to see is I want to see sometime just have these uh, personalities collide. And maybe in like some weird back backstage scene where it's like all of a sudden all three of them are there and they're talking to one another. And it's like, wait a minute. They, they weren't the same guy. I think that would be hilarious. You know, it would really be reminiscent of that Mick Foley time in the WWE slash WWF. Uh, I'm not honestly sure what era that specifically happened in because it happened with him. Uh, but I think that would be fascinating. I'm sure that Christian has thought of this. Um, but if not, I really hope that it's something that, that happens down the line. It would just, it would just be great for us wrestling fans to see that to get that reference to just to have some fun with it you know he wants this to be a, like 80 percent sports entertainment 20 percent sport which i get he really wants to build on the show and that's that's awesome i i like the idea of that and so this is the kind of stuff that you could do that with you could really pump the entertainment side a bit more with it and i, I don't know i think it would be fun uh, and Paul Preston, you know, that's the last thing before I get into the match. Paul Preston is one of my favorite underrated Schmodown competitors. You know, everybody kind of, they kind of doubt him, you know, <laughs> he hasn't had the best run. Uh, I think, I don't, honestly, I don't think he's won a match in teams before this. Uh, I think he was like, Owen six or Owen seven, something like that. Uh, before this, I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to double check what his singles uh, uh, ranking was. But, you know, he his stats do not show how great of a player he is. And there's lots of players out there like that. Like, look at Janine. You know, Janine's stats make her look like she's just a mid-level player. But she's a lot better than that. And so is Paul Preston. You know, um, I love Adam Witt. But I just don't think, I don't think he was made for gameplay you know what i mean uh he's great as as the manager here um so i'm i'm really excited that he's doing the fan favorites and uh having paul on his team i think is really gonna help uh with all of that so we uh we had a great first round here in their match uh real solid 18 to 17 so out of a possible what 40 points between the two not including the bonus 35 were scored so that's damn good you know what i mean for for these players to to do this well um i thought this was uh, fantastic nobody got a uh, uh the bonus unfortunately but you know they all missed one or two questions but they all did fantastic so it's I think another thing is I talked about how Paul Preston is an underrated player. So is JTE. Now, most of the time, I'm not a big fan of JTE. Uh, and it's mainly character-wise. Like, I just, I'm not a fan. But that's okay because, you know, there is somebody for everybody. But him in this new gimmick with Adam Witt, with Paul Preston, I know it works. It really, really works for me. 
and I'm digging what I'm seeing. And he's a da- he's a fantastic player, you know. Anybody who says otherwise, like I used to doubt him back in the day, and he has shown up. You know, uh, he he has been constantly showing up. Uh, he <laughs> one of the greatest part of one of the greatest teams of all time. Though uh, I am somebody who is all Shazam all day. Uh, come at me, internet. Just saying, uh, Shazam all the way. But the Patriots were, you can't deny how good they were, you know, and a lot of that had to do with JTE. So the two of them teaming up, I think is going to, it's going to be something special as we, as we saw here in this match. Um, then we got into round two and we finally got a wild card. I get like, I don't think we saw a wild card since that first match with the wild berries. Um, and I, I've been rooting for wild cards ever since. So I'm so glad that we finally got another wild card. Everybody seems afraid of them. Anytime they land on it, they spin away. Well, this time they had to take it because they got it on their second. And they got Alien Invasion, which I got to say, I am thrilled that both times that, that it's been uh, spun that we've gotten the random category. Like, Spinner's Choice and Opponent's Choice, that's cool, whatever. You know, that can make for some interesting stuff. But I want to know what's underneath. I want to know what that random category is. I just really do. And so the fact that we've gotten it twice now, it's 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 fantastic. And this time it was Alien Invasion, and man, I smoked that category. I, I this was a this was made for me. I loved it so much. Um, it, it was it was I don't know because that that Die Hard in a blank one was really fun. It was inventive, but this Alien Invasion one had it just hit me in a in a spot where. These are the movies I love. And so uh, it was, I was really happy to see it. We almost had the wild card a second time, but the movement was like, no. And I, I'll be honest with you. At this stage, I think that was the right move. Uh, because now it's a 50-50 shot between spinners and opponents. And honestly, you don't want to risk that. Like, landing on it the first time, you got a 33% chance of getting uh, opponents... But then the other two thirds, I think is, is 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 doable. You know, if you're a good enough player, I think you could handle whatever the uh, category winds up being. You know what I mean? I don't think I don't think it's gonna. Like I said, unless you're kind of a, in general a weak player, that may be a problem for you. But I think for the most part, these new categories, at least to start, aren't going to be completely terrible or anything like that i don't think they're gonna i don't think they're there to screw over people just to make something a little bit more interesting and and a bit more broad too because you really got to be like okay well there's a lot of alien invasion movies out there so you got to really think about what what could be in this category before you wind up going for it uh and then the movement winds up uh having to go multiple choice a couple of times and this swings the lead back because at the big at, at the end of round one, it was the movement taking the lead eighteen to seventeen. And throughout that whole round, it had been the Harris brothers. So we had a swing happen there. Then we got another swing here, and it became the Harris brothers with the lead twenty-seven to twenty-six. So this match got kind of wild you know it was back and forth back and forth quite a bit uh, a whole lot of, of, of match of point swings 
And it was really, it was the Harris brothers match to lose at this point. Cause they finally got back in the lead. And unfortunately for them, Jonathan Harris unable to get his three pointer and the movement cleared out their, their round three and won it 36 to 34. Paul Preston did this little uh, peacemaker dance uh, at, at the end there, which I was, I thought that was hilarious. I even saw on, uh, on Twitter, the movie, uh, movie trivia Schmodown Twitter page, uh, retweeted that out, uh, that clip and like tagged James Gunn in it, which I thought was really fun. And, uh, the Harris brothers, they may have lost, but I think, you know, they still did an incredible job. And I think that we're going to see some good stuff from them. Uh, I can't wait to see them kind of get, um, kind of make a way in here. I'd love to see what they could do in a tournament. You know, maybe they could kind of make some waves there. I don't know. And I'm also curious if Jonathan Harris is going to do any singles work this year for, or if he's just going to stick to teams. I don't know. Either way, I'm, uh, I'm interested to find out. Uh, then we got a scene with uh, Sam Levine walks in. Frank runs up to him uh, for an interview. And uh, Sam, he made a comment that he won all of the belts that he had on his own as a single, as a solo player, he says. Uh, except I had a problem with this because he didn't do that. You know, Drew McWinney was a key part, obviously, of him winning the team's belts. And I'm wondering, is this going to set up for something down the line between Sam and Drew McWeeny, are we going to see a clash of the these former teammates? Because if if we're going to see Drew McWeeny and Sam Levine go at it, that's going to be a hell of a match right there. That's that's main event level match right there. And I think I can't wait to see that. That's going to be awesome if that's where they're going to go with this. It could have just been an off the cuff thing that he said. I don't know. But if it's not, if if it was. If it was on purpose, if it's if it's kind of foreshadowing something that's to come, then I am looking forward to it. And if it wasn't foreshadowing anything, hey, Christian, if you're listening, do that. <laughs> because it's set up right there, and I think it would be awesome. You know, Sam and Drew having a, a program together where they, uh, you know, kind of like what we just recently saw with Janine and Ethan. But this, I think, could be a bit more epic because these were the tag team champs, you know? And you could play off the whole thing that, you know, Sam made this decision to leave. Kind of leaving Drew McWeenie out, out in the rain, stripping him of the title that maybe he didn't want to lose. You know what I mean? You know, you could play it that way. And I think that would be awesome. You know, uh, I think that could be a fantastic storyline uh, to kind of drive this uh, entertainment side that, that you know I'm loving so much. So who knows? We'll see what happens. But uh, speaking of Sam Levine, we get the uh, the main event match. Sam Levine versus the Barbarian in a number one contender match. The winner of this goes on uh, this at the end of this week to face off against Marisol McKee, the current champ, uh, at the pay-per-view uh, that's going to be uh, happening this week. So the, the banter... At the desk during this match, at the beginning of this match, I should say, was on point. It was so good. Um, uh, it, was, it was some of the, the best that I've seen 
so far. Uh, and I really hope this is the kind of stuff that we are going to continue to get from now on. Uh, so, again, another another fantastic match uh, first round here. Sam Levine coming back after four years. Doesn't miss a beat and goes perfect in his first round taking that lead. It was incredible to watch, you know. Sam, I was watching, uh, I think it was the Schmodown Rundown, and Sam was talking about how, like, perfect rounds were rare for him. You know, he typically, he would, like, miss one question. He'd beat himself up about it. It was, like, something like, oh, I should have known that. And that was when it was eight questions. And so now that it's ten, he was able to get that perfect round with the bonus. You know, that shows that he has not missed a step. Um I saw that somebody during one of Christian's Q&As on the Facebook uh, page, the, the the MTS Facebook page, said, does this mean that ring rust is not a thing? And I'm like, no. Like uh, and Christian said the same thing. He was like, no. He said exactly what I was thinking in that Sam may have been away from playing the game for the last four years, but he hasn't been away from the game for that long. He was a manager for the last two years with the usual suspects, managing all these factions, prepping these teams, playing mock games with these players. Like, of course he's going to be ready. It's not like, I think Christian gave the example of, you know, it's not like, say, a Jason Inman came in who's not been part of it, you know, since he left. He would come in, the game is very different you know, it's not about the knowledge, it's about the gameplay. And Sam has been here for that time, watching the game and everything. So, like, I, I did not expect him to miss a beat. You know, I expected him to be right on point. However, I didn't expect him to be this on point. So that was a nice surprise to see. Uh, then we get into round two, Barbarian. He, he does a lot of trash talk here at the beginning of, of his round, um, that is until he begins to struggle. You know, like a lot of heels, they're e- they're quick to the trash talk, man. You know, I, you see this a lot, let's say, with uh, with Chandra, you know. Quick to the, ch- to the trash talk, but once it flips and it's no longer going their way, they clam right up, you know. Be honest, if you're going to do it, just do it. Whether you're losing or not, keep that confidence rolling, Lean into that trash talk. Whether you're winning, whether you're losing, it doesn't matter. Because maybe it'll throw them off their game. Hey, that's what you're doing it for, right? That's what trash talk is kind of there for. So I think I think lean into it. That's my opinion. Uh, that would be my advice to any uh, any heels out there. Uh, lean into it. Don't 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 back off just because you're you're losing. You know, I know you're getting your, and I feel like if you do that. Maybe you won't get in your head as much because you're not letting it bother you. You're just going to keep keep on rolling, right? You're going to keep on trash talking. I say, let you know, let it go and uh, and make the best out of it when it comes to that. Uh, so the barbarian winds up on Disney movies, which I thought was funny because that's a, a weakness when it comes to Sam Levine. You know, Disney and animated and stuff like that. Um, not his strengths. And so that, I'll be honest, those are the reasons why I wasn't sure how well Sam would do. Because like we, he always had some like clear 
gaps in his knowledge you know what i mean and so it always kind of he, he was able to get to to uh to an elite level and i'm uh, i can't take that away from it in any way shape or form i mean the, the man was seven it, it was uh on a seven run streak coming into this match like barely anybody does that so it's very very rare and with the win here he that he got he broke a record he's the only one to go eight and so you know it says a lot you know and he did very obviously very well in teams you know he had the titles in both he was a double champ so but he did have a lot of gaps you know and so with the elite plague that's kind of been happening over the last couple of years like you know the last four years really since he's been gone I'm glad he's able to to step it up a bit and so hopefully he's been kind of filling those gaps in I don't I don't know obviously I don't know his his personal uh time that what he does with his personal time or how he studies or anything like that but I'm hoping that he's been filling in those those gaps that he's that he had that were real I it was evident because even the people playing they're like oh yeah we already know that this isn't a strength of Sam Levine's so if it's such widely known it's time to start filling in those gaps and uh throughout this uh i felt like there was a question i felt like that sheer Khan question i'm going to talk a little bit about i don't remember the exact i didn't write down the exact question but it had a lot of information and i think it had too much information for a round two question uh, it had so much information that I don't think anybody would have needed the multiple choice. If you had taken out, I think, the the word Bengal Tiger, just taken that descriptor out, I think some people could have gotten it, might have been able to guess it, or might have had to gone to multiple choice. And I think that's kind of more where you want a round two question to lean. You know, you don't want it to be so easy that it's just like, it's, it's a complete given, but... You know, I think there was enough other information there where you didn't need the Bengal Tiger part. Just that's just my opinion, because um, I felt like it was way. I was like a lot of it. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Let me know. Hop on Twitter at Movie Blog Mark. Let me know, um, or if you're watching right now, hop in the comments. Uh, it's just I just I don't think I think it was too much. I think it was way too much information for for a round two question. It would have been fine for a round one, but I think it was too much. And uh, the Barbarian winds up giving away a one-point steal on the last question uh, that he has. So that's not great. You know, you're already uh, behind, you know, and then you don't want to give up steals here, you know. Sam went perfect that first round, and Sam winds up going perfect again. He he winds up, doing, you know, having to go to multiple choice once. But he does go perfect. He he spins John Hughes movies, takes that, and kills it. He just he he nails all of his questions, gets them all correct, doesn't miss a beat, um, and is running perfect at this at this stage in the game. And then we get into round three, and the barbarian he he does this thing. He's always done this, and uh, up until this match, I've never really thought twice about it. But he like consults with with Elvis, the little like fur thing that he's got on his shoulder, like for his numbers. You know, the whispers to you know all that jazz. And for some reason, in 
to, like during this match, I just I had this overwhelming feeling that I'm just like, I'm over it. You know, I, I don't know why. I'm just, I'm over it. It was a funny bit at first, but he's just kind of continued the same shtick for the last few years. And I don't know. It's just kind of, to me, it's getting a bit old. I wish he would kind of mix things up a little bit. I, I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know. Let me know if any of you guys are feeling the same way. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, if you disagree with me, feel free to say that. Just tr you know, be respectful. You know, don't be a dickhead. Just be respectful. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just I don't know. It wasn't working for me uh, anymore. And uh, we go through the round, and Sam wins with a perfect game. Like I said, he did have to go to multiple choice once, but he did not miss a single question. Not even the steal uh, that he had. Perfect game, 31 to 26. And now Sam has himself a title shot. That's right. He he came back for four years and ran through this this match. I mean, what else can you what else can you say? You know, uh <laughs> other than the multiple, the one multiple choice, you know, like you can't get much you can't get any better than that. And so I think it's going to be an interesting match, which I'll talk a bit uh, about at the end of uh, end of this episode. We'll kind of talk a bit about next week's episode um, and the matches, the, the pay-per-view uh, and the matches that are going to uh, happen during that. And uh, I'm glad to see that uh, during the, the, the post-interview, Jen kind of back to her snarky self, you know, after what we saw last week with Roxy and her being so... Uh, so timid and I was like what was happening here this is uncharacteristic uh, for Jen Sturger uh, but she's back to that given Gucci that patented snark um, I thought it was it was fantastic uh, especially like I said after that soft sell from uh, from last week then we got one final scene Shannon and Marisol are talking and Marisol wants to talk to Shannon about Adam Collins. And then Adam comes in and, you know, Shannon, she's, she's trying to be, you know, it was all, you know, they were all games. It was a, it was a charade, you know, it was always going to be you, you know, uh, you know, of course we want you back uh, on, on corruption. However, Adam had to look out for him. You know, she, I love Shannon. Um, both you know the person and the character but she brought it on herself you know toying with him that way trying to make him feel bad for for losing for not doing as well as he's done before um it's 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 not great uh it's i don't know she did this, also did this thing last, I think it was last week, where uh, she talked about, or it might have been the week before, whatever it was. She talked about Ethan, um, and, and she was talking to him and saying, you know, I've got, you know, the champ on my team, and I can guarantee that you'll, you know, get a shot, and I can get you that belt back. Showing that, like, in other words, she would actively work to take the belt away from Marisol. 
they kind of brush past that. Um, but I'm like, this is a thing that she's doing, you know, she's, she's not staying as loyal as she thinks she is. And it backfired here. She's lucky it didn't backfire with Marisol. She's lucky that Marisol didn't take off, but she didn't, but Adam did. Uh, and he winds up signing with swag. That's right. Winston Marshall Winston comes out and, uh, I thought there was going to be like a fight <laughs> because like the last two years with all the faction stuff, Shannon and Marshall have, and Winston have, have, uh, have gone at it, you know, between corruption and swag, they've kind of gone at one another. And then finding out that Adam was going to swag, I was like, Oh no, uh, <laughs> she's going to like explode here, but she didn't, you know, she played it more emotional. And was like really upset about it, crying. It was, it was a beautiful scene. It really was. It was probably the best scene that we've had all season so far. Granted, it's still early, <laughs> but I thought that Wildberries and uh, uh, Claudia Dolph video drew scene that was my favorite, and that was in, you know from the first show, and. Every, you know, the scenes that have come since then, I thought have been good. But this scene, I think, blew all of those out of the water. It was, it was incredible to see just the, just the pure emotion from everybody in that room, the way it was played, you know, nothing was played as a joke or, you know, nothing was, um, kind of made campy or anything like that. It was, it was heart and I really, really liked how, how it all turned out. I don't know if we're going to see some sort of uh, face turn with Shannon and corruption. I don't know. You know, because Mike kind of flip-flops, you know, here and there. Marisol's never really been a heel. You know, she's she's just there. You know, she wrecks shop when she needs to. But she she never, like, goes after people. You know, that's what Shannon was always there for. You know, she just let Shannon do it for her. Um, but she's never really been, to me, a, a heel. Um she just happened to be on a heel faction. And so I could see corruption starting to maybe swing toward the other side. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, throughout all of this. Um, I'm, I'm really fascinated. Um, but I did get a comment here uh, going back to that Jungle Book question that uh, I was talking about before. Uh, this is from uh, Alicia. Hey, Alicia, how's it going? Uh, it says, I agree that the Jungle Book question was too easy. I felt like the 101 Dalmatians question was really easy for round two as well. Yeah, you know, I, I think I would agree with you on that. Um, yeah, the, they were both pretty easy. But that Jungle Book one, man, so much, way too much information. Way too much information. I don't know what they were, what they were thinking in that one, but I don't know. But uh, that was the episode of Friday Night Titans. Now Sam Levine will be facing Marisol this coming week for the title. Uh, here is the uh, official poster. Special pay-per-view event on the 25th uh, at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. We've got Marisol McKee taking on Sam Levine for the singles title. And we've got William the Beast Bibiani taking on the Cobra 
Chance Ellison. That's going to be a damn good match as well. We got two members of Corruption here uh, taking over. Who will win? I mean, I got to say, I'm rooting for Bibiani in that undercard match. Uh, he is one of the best players in the league, I think, right now. Um, I like Chance. I think Chance is, is good. He's damn good. And sometimes Bibs can be a little hit or miss. But I think he's got this, you know. I think he'll be able... I think it'll be a good match. I think it'll be close. I don't think it's going to be like a wipeout. I don't think there's not going to be like a, like a KO or even a TKO. I doubt. I feel like it'll probably come down to the, to the last question. But I have a feeling it's going to be Bibs. That's who I'm rooting for. That's who uh, I actually think is going to take this one. Then we get the Sam and Marisol match. This one... It was a bit harder uh, for me. And we've got... See, these two competitors on paper are very evenly matched. We've got Marisol, who's on a seven-win streak right now, has defended the title twice. We've got Sam, who is now on an eight-win streak, has also defended it twice. Uh, Sam, I think, is 10-4 and four in singles. Marisol's 8-1. and one. She's only lost once. And that was uh, in 2020, in her, in her rookie year, to, I believe, Paul Oyama. It was her second match. And uh, I think that it could go either way. However, I talked about before these, these category-specific holes in sam's knowledge now if he hasn't been filling these like i think he should be i think that's a thing that could spell a downfall for him here because do we really think he's gonna go perfect a second match that's that's rare i don't know how many times frankie numbers are he's gonna have to tell us i have no idea what the uh, actual number on that is how many people have ever actually gone perfect two matches in a row. But it's unlikely, I'd say. And so he's going to have to really work for it. Um, they're both really going to have to work for it. I think it's going to be an epic match. Plus, you have to also take into account this is a five-round match, okay? Sure, Sam was able to to blow through that, that three-rounder. That's great for him. But the five-rounders can really take a toll. If you miss the, the betting round question, that can swing you down six points, you know, depending on what the score, what the what the uh, betting is on that one. And so that could really screw him over. If he, That's just one question. You miss one question. If it's the wrong question, you know, you're screwed. Um, and then that speed round, you know, hitting the buzzer. Is he going to be quick enough? You know, it's been a long time. Now, I hope... I'm sure he's been practicing, but practicing and doing it in the match are two completely different things. Plus, I don't know if, you know, how is, I mean, we saw it with the IG match, but like, how is he going to be with that? You know, on stage with these buzzers, it's very different than in the comfort of your home or wherever practicing. Okay. So it makes me wonder is how well he's going to make it through that speed round. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I'm putting my money on Marisol. I want her to go to win this, become the second 
eight in a row per second person to go eight in a row then i want her to to defend and hit that break that record of nine and oh you know or you know nine the nine win streak um that's what i want to see happen you know i think it'll be fantastic if that's how it goes and i think if if she wins this match i think there's no question that she's in in the in the talk for one of the greatest you know of all time really i mean she's lost one match in singles you know i think her team's stuff hasn't been as great you know unfortunately for her which is crazy to think because you had adam collins in 2020 go seven and oh win the title you had marisol in in 2021 go seven and oh and win the title and yet the two of them as a team haven't been you would think you look at that on paper you're like well that's a championship team right there but they were never able to to really get it done you know unfortunately um there was just always some roadblocks in the way like they were never on the level of one another at the same time and that's i think what because like like i said adam had that killer year his rookie year whereas uh marisol played two matches and won one and lost one okay but then the second year she did that she went perfect and then he had a rough singles year so you know they were never on that same page when it came to to the gameplay skill in the season at the same time unfortunately so but uh yeah and so like i said i think it's going to be marisol marisol and and bibs is who I'm I'm right banking on for uh for the pay-per-view. But I'm really excited for it. Let's look at that poster one more time. Look at that. Uh March 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure, sign up for the Patreon. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. Uh Christian in his QA said that the buy rate for this one, I think, is $14.99. You can get a month of Patreon for 12 bucks. So if you're gonna if, if you're going to buy the pay-per-view anyways, just sign up for a month of the Patreon. Even if you cancel it after, just sign up for the month. Enjoy it. Enjoy some past stuff that they've got in there. Just enjoy it for the month. And if you feel like you want to keep it, then keep it. But I think the pay, the, the Patreon is the way to go. It uh, You know you get all these pay-per-views. You get extra Q&As and all kinds of other uh, little goodies uh, as well. So do I, I really I really recommend it. But uh, yeah, that's everything that I've got for you today on episode number 64 of Talking Schmodown. I am your host, Josh the Merc Rainer. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Movie Blog Merc. That's Movie Blog Merc, M E R C, as you can see right down there at the bottom of the screen. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, you are on the Merc with Movie Blog YouTube channel. So be sure to hit that subscribe button, smash that like button, and click that little bell so you always get notified whenever. I drop a brand new video. I got a lot of shows on here. I've got Last Call at McLaren's. That's my How I Met Your Mother podcast. I've got uh, Battle of the Decades, 80s versus 90s. Me and my buddy Mike, uh, we go through and we, we pick a category and we pick two movies. One He picks one from the 80s. I pick one from the 90s. We battle it out. Uh, we just recorded our second episode. Our first one is, uh, is up right now. It's uh, E.T. versus Jurassic Park. We did Spielberg films. So go and check that out. Uh, we'll be bringing back Oh What a Marvel for Moon Knight. Uh, that's coming. That'll be coming up in a 
about a week and some change, I think. Uh, and we've also got our Mandalorian verse show. So uh, it's called Hey Mando. We talk about the Mandalorian. We covered uh, Book of Boba Fett. We'll be covering um, ah ah Ahsoka and anything else that spins out specifically out of that Mando uh, verse as well. Um, and obviously, talking schmode on here. I do trailer reactions. I'm going to be doing some other stuff soon, so keep an eye out for that. And you can keep an eye out for that just by clicking that little bell and subscribing, like I said before. Uh, and if you are listening on audio. Uh, if you're on anchor.fm slash movie blog, Merck, you can leave me a voice message. I always appreciate that. Uh, if it's uh, pertaining to the Schmodown, to the talking Schmodown, I'll play it on air. We'll address it here. Um, and if you are on Apple or Spotify, you can leave me a five-star review, and I will read that out on air as well. Um, but, yeah, that's all I got for you. Again, follow me on Twitter at MovieBlogMerk. Thanks for joining me, guys. We have been talking Schmodown. Catch you guys next time.